to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. What's up? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pod Damn America, the gothic socialist podcast for the stupid children. I've got to reach these children. Hello, uh, I'm Jake. That's Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. Anders J. Lee here. Thank you. Anders J. Lee here. Got I'm it. trying to remind you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's important. Branding is important. Anders. Indeed. Excuse me. I'm uh, out in Phoenix right now. I just did a set last night on our pal Mishka Shubali's birthday party, which was a house show he threw. That we 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 did roast comedy, and nice. um, I just ate a big piece of cake. That's what that was. Uh, <laughs> what is Phoenix like? I've never been to Phoenix. It's uh, weird, man. It's just a desert. It's big and vast. It's kind of empty. It's it's like the opposite of a walkable city. You know how like conservatives mm-hmm. are like. The 15 minute city is George Soros trying to do 1984 to us for some reason. That's a thing now. They would love Phoenix. And I think they do. (laughs) (laughs) The Southwest has a lot of libertarian psychos. Uh, You can't walk anywhere. There's no sidewalks. You have to drive everywhere. Um, The houses are adorable. I'll give them that. Everyone lives in a little hobbit hole with like a cactus and, you know, just rocks instead of a yard. Okay, that's cute. Yeah, uh, it's cool. I don't know a single soul here except for Mishka, so I don't really know what people are like here other than the bad interactions I've had. Right. Um, but people did turn up to the to the show who were not, uh, I take it, like methed out Republicans. No, uh, the 10 people that aren't were here, okay. and they were cool. <laughs> um, no, just, I've always wanted to, I, I mean... Maybe I haven't always wanted to go to Arizona. I am curious to check it out. I'm very familiar with uh, New Mexico, its neighbor, and uh, I have family out there. And I have a, this story I told to one of my cousins, and she said this sums up New Mexico probably the best. Which, and I assume Arizona is maybe similar. This is long t- like 15 years ago or so, but I was visiting, and there's a woman on her cell phone while she's driving, and a guy whips out a bullhorn out of his car and says. <laughs> Get off your cell phone. <laughs> God damn. And apparently he does that all the time, all over the place in in Albuquerque. Um, I bet. Um, <laughs> Albuquerque is really methy. One time when I was on tour with Avery, we went through there. Like, there are so many break-ins to cars that, like, something that you will just see multiple times a day is next to a parking spot where a car would be parked a bunch of broken glass because it just had, it's like, it's like a very common thing. <laughs> we went to a bar and like had to go through like a metal detector to get in. And I was kind of like, like when I saw it and the guy doing security was like, no, you'll be glad <laughs> that that's you. You should be glad that they were doing this. Um, means you won't get shot. Yeah. Cause it's just nice. like, it fucking happens a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> um, they call it the land of enchantment. 
Uh, did you see that Ben Shapiro clip from it was like a year or two ago where he was saying he was in New Mexico and he was uh, a, a spell was cast on him by witches? <laughs> he said, like he Is said, Christian cinema <laughs> might have been. I mean, it was these. He, he said these women came up at the end of his talk and cursed him. And I sent it to my family in New Mexico. And my aunt was like, oh, those are my friends. <laughs> That's cool. I think. Yeah, I think they're uh, Baha'i, which is a. Interesting religion that's uh, that's big out there, and and they are unfortunately lumped in with with witches, which is not fair. But uh, they they have certain uh, qualities that are, seem witch like to the to the stupid mind. Okay, I see. Well, don't tarnish the good name of witches. We love witches here. Fair enough. Yes, Baha'i witches are all welcome. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that I like one of the first things that ever tipped me off that like libertarianism is kind of like kind of a thing down here like because there's all these like compound guys and there's just this is the part of the country where a lot of people's minds go like yeah the frontier you know there's so much land there's you can that that ideology seems to play out here physically like it works people think you know there's enough land where we can all just sort of like live in these desert compounds and one of the first things that tipped me off was when i was checking ids as a as a bartender and I noticed that, um, you know, you see everyone's different IDs from all uh, a lot, driver's licenses and stuff like that from all over the country and world. And you have to check if they're expired. Right. And most driver's licenses, you get them. And then it's like, you know, in five years, you have to get it renewed or whatever. But in Arizona, the expiration date is always like the year 3000 <laughs> or something, <laughs> because I think the thinking is somebody down here was like, this is goddamn tyranny that we have to keep, you know, going back in and getting a new license. Someone should lobby to make a law to where it's like you just get fucking one and it's good for a hundred years or whatever. <laughs> What's next? A license for your toaster? Exactly. One of the libertarian <laughs> candidates asked. Yeah. And, you know, actually not a bad idea. They do have, I guess it's not a license, but there are regulations for toasters to make sure they don't burn down buildings. Yeah, you very very classic uh, dangerous household object. <laughs> People kill themselves with them and shit. Yeah, it might might be in our interest to have I don't know some kind of thing that stops the heating mechanism from running rampant. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not a toaster scientist. Anyway, you know who isn't a toaster scientist but does love to pop like a pop tart. The N- the NYPD. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the founder of Pop Tarts who just died popped did, himself he what did he really did he commit suicide uh, no i think he just <laughs> perished and that was my unfortunate way of uh trying to work in a oh uh, i heard about that i read about that guy <laughs> yeah. yeah the founder of pop darts um the pop himself that's crazy that's- oh and he's also like the uh he's in a frankensteinian sense the father of that pop tart mascot that got eaten mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, maybe that was a sign of things to come. Maybe that, that was actually him in that suit, and that's how he died, and it was only revealed like like the queen several months later. <laughs> yeah, that's how you wanted to like wicker man himself out of existence <laughs> as an effigy of a pop tart, and then be fucking eaten alive by a bunch of football players. That's cool. I'm happy for him if that's what he wanted to do at this time. 
uh, you know, I'm like a Stanhope a philo- uh, philosophy on death. You know, it's it's you should be allowed to do it, and uh, the mm-hmm. government shouldn't be able to step in. Speaking of libertarian Southwest people, uh, <laughs> they shouldn't stop that pop tart. He has every right to end his own life, <laughs> however he wants. <laughs> but um, no, pop and lock and check this out. Right, so <laughs> there's a, a video going around today that just sucks <laughs> it's so cringy it is the nypd's dance team here's an article i'm going to read from from the just a local fox affiliate nypd dance team eyes expansion with tryouts quote it's open to everyone the nypd dance team which started in 2022 held tryouts thursday with the hopes of expanding it's open to everyone, said Officer Autumn Rain Martinez of the 108th Precinct in Queens, who serves as the team's president. So we have ranging from me, who has danced for my entire life, to people who have never danced before ever. But as long as you have the passion, that's what we care about the most. The dance team is one of almost 50 that fall under NYPD sports unit. Which include which includes sports that tend to be more popular with male officers, such as boxing, paintball, hockey, rugby, and baseball. So that's the real story here, right? Is that this is going viral because it's funny because it's like fucking f- fuck you for having a dance team, but uh, the NYPD just has so much of this crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's its own fucking country, you know. It's its, its own. <laughs> just institutional like organism um it ha it has uh just yeah sports teams and uh, haunted houses and stuff um and there's so many of them that yeah there somebody started a, like a, a dance crew and what's really funny about it to me is that the explanation so they interviewed the president of it and what she sort of says is like quote the job is stressful and this is a way to completely release <laughs> she says i like that we're all girls but i would really really like to have men on the team too i just want a bunch of people that like to dance i want to be like one of the big teams i want to be like the hockey team and say i got 30 40 people on the team so i guess she just has like the five people in the video <laughs> Oh, <laughs> someone's got to like, like stitch together one of their body cam footage, you know, of them like killing somebody with the with the dance. Yeah, like, together, juxtaposition. That'd be interesting. <laughs> that people have been like tweeting about like, oh, OK, are you going to like fucking bust a move while you're like murdering my son or whatever? <laughs> um, This is funny. One move to attract more of their peers, pivoting to a new logo that included a male silhouette. To compete and travel, the team would need a squad of at least 30 dancers, funding, and of course, some competition. The fire department, if they want to start one, would be cool. She said, MTA, Port Authority, anybody. She's trying to like, you know, make more teams so they can compete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Famously, the FDNY and the NYPD do play like a hockey game every year, and it gets like ugly. They like beat each other up and shit. Yeah. The ladies currently perform at other NYPD sport events, parades, and schools. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I just want community, she says. These are uh, also, we're not, she says they're not all cops. Uh, this is not a team of just law enforcement. Some of these are civilians. We have civilians who are also the team. I would love it if you just want to dance. It's so awesome to go to school and see the kids. 
just influencing the kids has a positive outlook in life and to teach them that cops aren't so scary. <laughs> That's oh, just another yeah. important part to teach them, you know? So like so anybody can do this. I could show up and audition. And you should. Just, yeah. Yeah, you should infiltrate the police <laughs> dance team. <laughs> Change starts from within, Anders. Mm. I mean, yes. My Hey, I wonder if... I think my grandfather was in the NYPD Tennis uh, Association or League or whatever, their team. Um, but they... Yeah, I do have dance in my background. I had to take four years of dance. <laughs> and watching this, I will say I was not good. I had to take it. I went to like a charter arts school. So it was like compulsory dance service, basically. And I was awful. I'm extremely, I don't want to, I wouldn't say uncoordinated, but I just, I don't learn choreography very well at all. Like it's hard to get it to stick. But the moves we were doing, which I was not learning, I was in the back. So I would be in the back uh, just fucking everything up. Um, and they do, to their credit, seem to be pretty much on the same page. There's maybe a couple missteps towards the end here um <laughs> but i can't i can't i also can't tell if that's a stylistic choice to have to have it um it makes it more dynamic to have a couple of people doing a different move at the same time but uh this the speed at which they're going is so slow yeah right, right. as a 14 <laughs> year old we were going like three times faster than than these ladies uh, and the moves they're doing are very simple. I think I could actually learn these moves. And I'm, again, not a good, not good at learning choreography at all. Um, this whole thing reminded me of, and I was thinking about this last week, Usher danced at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I actually took a, a, a master class from his choreographer when I was in ninth grade. And again, they, they, was, they were smoother moves. They were, it was more artful. The, the moves we're learning, the steps, than the then NYPD dance squad. This is just pretty pathetic. The the level of creativity is very low. It's not they're not doing anything. Anders, interesting. they're looking for a man. They want men to join. You gotta go in there and it'll be a whole this is this is a movie easily. <laughs> this could be I, like like a magic mic, but yeah. with uh <laughs> overthrowing the NYPD, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that they choose that because this is like immediately going to be mocked by everybody but if they could do a, a, a successful i think outwardly focused sort of dance thing it would be swing dancing i think that would actually people they, would... like throwing a woman around and shit <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, right up their alley right. it's funny that they're not good at dancing but like they can coordinate if they want to like run into a crowd of protesters or whatever yeah um, they're not great at that either though they <laughs> like they they fuck that up quite quite frequently too. That's that's a fair point. They just have firepower. It's not that they're trained or good at it. I also before just before we get to the Super Bowl, I I read another uh, article about this, but it was from like a Daily Mail right wing type thing, and it was funny because they're mad at them too, just because they're like, why are they dancing when they should be fighting criminals? <laughs> 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 Nobody wants the NYPD to be dancing, but they. They'll persist nonetheless, I'm sure. Mm. So yeah, so they're mad that it's that it's women, I guess, probably. Um yeah, if, yeah. if there were men involved, I think it would be it would be a swing dance thing. I mean the the firepower thing reminded me I was listening to an interview with Michael Mann, and apparently in Heat, you know, at the the big shootout scene, the bank robbery, that was actually thought through as like when you are 
in that situation, you're robbing a bank, the authorities show up, the smart thing to do, according to him, is to shoot your way out of it because cops are not soldiers. They don't have the same training that military do. So they're actually going to be overwhelmed and caught off guard. And I'm not trying to give people any ideas, but I'm just I'm just reporting the news here. Uh, <laughs> it, you do want to shoot your way out of a robbery. And so and so, like, yeah, you know, they are not actually prepared for a lot of these tactical, if you will, situations. Right. Cops are they're the Uvalde cops. That's yes. that's a good example of how cops actually work. They work after the fact. They don't actually fucking do shit like that happens in movies. I think that makes perfect sense. They should do an interpretive dance about Uvalde, actually. <laughs> it's like a cop and he's like, you know, outside the building and he's like, you know, uh, making big arm movements to show that he's he's holding his heart and he's worried, you know? Right. But he's longing. I could see it. Let's make an opera about Uvalde. Right. It'll be called, I mean, it'll be called Uvalde. Be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the only way they're going to to get it, you know, off their backs is if you have you, you explore the emotional depth of Uvalde, which isn't going to work if you do a dramatization because it's still like blatantly obvious that they fucked up. So if you, you have, have like, to make it very sympathetic to the, the fear of the police officer, yeah. <laughs> it'll be really sad. It'll be like, look, you know, how, how scary it was. I love it. So He's like, gonna... don't cry for me, Uvalda. <laughs> the truth is I never left you. Yeah, that's uh, that would have been a good Super Bowl song. Um, don't cry <laughs> for me, Argentina. They don't do enough musical theater at the Super Bowl. If uh, I'm always saying this. Yeah. Um, did you see last week's game? We didn't we haven't uh, talked about it on the show yet. Uh, no man i uh i i was on some real weird hours because of wherever my last week went and i fucking slept through the super bowl i woke up and it was in overtime and i was like oh i guess oh, i missed it yeah well exciting game uh towards the end the overtime um but yeah this has been remarked upon usher uh and i i was halfway surprised based on who they brought out they had uh, Ludacris. And uh, Jermaine Dupree, who is not CeeLo, I was actually told at the party I was at that it was CeeLo. It was not. Um, oh, you're canceled. Just all these, all these people from like 2005. I was halfway surprised they didn't bring Soldier Boy out uh, <laughs> to do one of those dances. Um, but the dancing, I, I think, was was rather well done, and it did, yes, bring me back to that masterclass I took and flopped and was humiliated and. I guess that's where really my origin story became used to humiliating myself in high school uh, through dancing. And uh, I will now I'm now do this. I'm a comedian. I, I it humiliate myself uh, basically for a living. It's it's um, that's part of being a clown, really. Uh, it and, truly is. Yeah. And I've been feeling that a lot this week. Every time I look at my phone now over the past couple of days on Twitter, people are roasting that financial columnist who got scammed <laughs> out of 50 grand. Uh, and as I have, have repeated several times, I have never had 50 grand. I've never had anywhere near 50 grand. Most people who fall for scams don't have 50 grand. It's, you know, it's, uh, unfortunately the example that gets sort of popular and, and tossed around is a prominent person who has access to the, organs where you can disseminate this stuff um which most people get scammed don't 
uh-huh. uh, and she is she is being roasted, and it's uh, it's a weird situation because reading the article, half of it, I'm like, oh wow, that's so dumb. How could she fall for that? I would never fall for that. And then the other half, it's like that was actually more elaborate than the scam they pulled on me. So I probably <laughs> would have been. Also, how could you fall to. for that? You did kind of. It I happened. did. Yes, <laughs> I did, and I can't. I can't uh, thumb my nose at her much as I want to. Um, and that's you know, there's. I I tend to get annoyed on on Twitter where we spend a lot of our time when people decide that a joke is up. So like last week, people were you know we were having fun with the coconut tree thing with Kamala Harris. Uh-huh. Uh, that that remark she made you you exist in the context of all that came before you do you didn't just fall out of a coconut tree and of course uh while it's still fun in my opinion there are people who are like this is done stop posting it it's annoying yeah um, that's like you know you need to log off if you're bored with the thing that's happening yeah but i find myself being that person uh when it's just about scams because it's it's, it's a little to close to home eh yeah <laughs> So now I'm the person who's like, this is the you saying I simply would not fall. I simply would not put 50 grand in a bag. It's just uh, immediately reads to me as as uh, hack and smug, um, probably unfairly. But um, but the Super Bowl really puts this in perspective for me. And a lot of things do because Super Bowl gambling ads up the wazoo. This has been escalating since uh, around the pandemic. Gambling has become mainstreamed. There was a video of a guy who dropped 20 grand on the 49ers and smashed his TV and started like punching his friend who was a Chiefs fan <laughs> right after. Um, that's not that much better than getting duped by a scam artist who says they're the CIA. Uh, you know, I yeah. mean, if, if he had won, it wouldn't. But, but also, the level of cap coming from the coach <laughs> of the San Francisco 49ers. So this is going to get a little, little wonky here, the but level of cap. <laughs> love it. The, the overtime rules have changed over the past couple of years. It used to be the first person to score a touchdown wins. If you score a field goal and the other person doesn't score, then you win. And now they changed it because of the chiefs bills game a couple of years ago where in the playoffs and super bowl, you each get a chance to score. Uh, so if you score a touchdown, the other team gets a chance to score a touchdown too, and you keep going. Um, and the 49ers, most of the players didn't know that, so they elected to take the ball first and uh, and instead of just letting the Chiefs go first, hopefully they don't make it, then all you have to do is score. Um, it, it, turned into a, it turned into a shootout. Uh, and... Most of the players were like, yeah, I didn't know that. That's And it's kind of embarrassing to admit that. But they said, I didn't know that. They had some humility. But the coach, who, by the way, looks like Kendall Roy, and I've been saying this for a while, <laughs> he, it's, and he is like in a characteristic way, very oh. much like Kendall Roy. Uh, his dad was a successful coach who won Super Bowls, and he can't. he's lost two now. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's operatic, if you will. Uh, but he insists. Uh, uh, goddamn Taylor Swift is here sucking my ass. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, my dad. Okay. okay. That's all I could do. But he was, he, he was basically like, yeah, we wanted the three for, we wanted the three for, we wanted, uh, we wanted the chance to go third, which is insane that, I mean, but he's, it's, he clearly did not know that that rule had changed, but he is sticking to this 
this uh, this idiotic strategy that he said he thought out when clearly that either he he didn't know or there was a lack of communication with the players. But but anyway, that's an example of that 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 stuff like that makes me feel better about getting scammed. And frankly, so does people. Some of the same people who are like couldn't be me are the same people who like a few weeks ago they thought Trump said that thing about Panera lemonade that was just a Keaton Patty screen cap. Yeah, people do that on fucking on the left all the time. We think we're the smartest people in the room, and it's like you fucking fall for shit. Yeah, you want it to be real, right? Just just a couple of days ago, our our friend and comic Daniel J. Parafan, another J initial, he uh, middle initial, he had a video go viral uh, of him. It was like a parody of a TikTok video where someone comes up to him and is like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And he's like, "I I work at a slaughterhouse and I shoot cattle with a <laughs> with an air gun." And it's just like a really creepy delivery. And somebody took took the video and posted it from one of these like big viral accounts. And everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's so creepy! It's real." So they <laughs> thought that, that was real. So you know, in all likelihood, you probably still wouldn't pick up the phone and give away a lot of your money but <laughs> i got scammed pretty bad once it wasn't out of money but it was uh i and i sorry if i'm spoiling my own act here but i've done a bit about this a lot was just, i was on a fucking dating app and a chick was like she wanted to you know send nudes and shit to each other and she was not real she was a man Ooh, <laughs> and she she came back after we full-on sexted and i jerked off and came <laughs> And was like, uh, hey, I'm a guy and I'm going to put those pictures of you. I found you, uh, you know, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to put you all over the Internet, your nudes, if you don't give me five hundred dollars. Actually, yeah, she did try to or he did try to scam me. But I, I told him I was like, ah, I have really bad news for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it already happened. So I don't care. <laughs> you know, it does literally doesn't matter to me. I'm a fucking freaky uh, comedian. Like, I don't have a real job, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I just disappointed him. So I guess I didn't get I didn't get scanned, but he he still he tricked you. Yeah, <laughs> was he hot at least? Well, so the pictures of the woman that he was pretending to be were hot, sure. and um, and also I told him I was like, um, you know, what's weird about this is that we kind of did in a way just have sex with each other. And I came, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you were pretty good at it, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you think you're scamming me, but I feel like I won. <laughs> this dude just got me off, you know. Damn, that was that's kind of the bit. I'm trying. I'm not trying to step on my own act here, but like the 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 joke is like me going like, "Hey, do you want to hang out? <laughs> you know, why were you so good at that, man?" Anyway, um. It can happen to anyone, is what I'm saying. Yes, it can happen. It can happen to a lot of people who, and 100 percent of whom, don't think it's going to happen to them. And yeah, you you probably, if you're listening to this, in all likelihood, you're smarter than me. Congratulations. But <laughs> uh, something I do want people to understand is that all of, everyone saying like, "Oh, well, this couldn't happen to me because I simply do not have." $50,000. They don't care. They will take as much money as they can get out of you. <laughs> right. Even if you have $300, they'll take $300. They'll take uh they have ways to get EBT and food stamps. Like it's it's an issue that affects everybody, but uh most, you know, most crucially it affects low-income people because we we have less income. So we, you know, it's it matters more. Yeah. Uh, someone who has $80,000 sitting around. 
You know, I was kind of thinking about this recently because uh, I had a, a take about how there's so many cult documentaries, like why that's such a timely, that's such a popular like thing that people feel compelled to to gawk at. What does that say about the times we're living in, you know? And to me, what I think is actually happening, why that's so popular right now, is that the people in the cult documentaries on Hulu and stuff you watch them so that you can like gawk at them because they look extra gullible and you're like, wow, look how stupid those people are. And it creates in you a feeling of being different from those people, which kind of quells the anxiety that we all have a little bit, which is that there, but for the grace of God, go I, we all are those people to a degree. They're just the most extreme examples. So we can look at them and separate ourselves from them. But like, everyone i know is kind of in a form of a cult and yeah. it's not it's not you know the full-on mother god one but like every fucking weird dude you know is addicted to some forum on the internet that he checks every goddamn day and t- yells about some podcast he's addicted to or some other weird subculture and stuff and it's like guess what those are to a lesser degree the same thing <laughs> we are all lost souls you know and the the I, and I was talking about this and people were going what you think you're global enough you probably are you would be in the mother cult i never would be and i'm like the guy yelling i would never would be is the easiest to dupe you know yeah the fact that people are so in denial about the fact that they too are human and could possibly have their sense of reality warped by all of this massive confusing world and system we live in uh you know that that's that's the real story there so i think you're right thank you yeah i mean it's emotions can be manipulated uh very easily and you know you think and it also depends a lot on on one's uh upbringing i happen to have my my first um well, you know, f- sorry, I just, sure. just reminded me of something. It, it's also like the world we live in is just unstable and confusing. So it's imp- it is kind of impossible to know sometimes what fucking is real because like there aren't as official channels for communication as there kind of used to be. Like I'm hanging out with my friend Mishka and he was telling me how he got his uh, writing job for Yale last night. And you know what happened is that he wrote a bunch of fucking books and stuff yale messaged him on facebook and said like hey do you want to come work at yale and he said he didn't all he almost didn't answer it at first because he thought it was a friend of his trolling him (laughs) because why would yale message you on facebook but it was real (laughs) real so the fact that it's real like that's going to throw you into a situation where like well now i don't know how whether I should answer emails that are promising things or not, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm batting about away scams like everybody else constantly on email and, and phone, uh, text, you know, every, every day almost I get a text. It's like, Hey, how are you? Do you have that piece that time <laughs> that I was going to pay you for? Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're pervasive and, uh, you, by not picking up the phone, I'm just saying you may be you may be turning down uh, good opportunities. <laughs> You're leaving money on the table. Yeah, I, 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 I somebody tried to scam me also uh, years ago. You just reminded me of it's a pretty funny story. I answered a Craigslist ad that said like 
uh, it was a casting call, and it was like, this is for like a big Marvel movie. Like, this is serious. Lots of money. You potentially could be in a fucking Marvel movie. And I went to this building in Manhattan, some, you know, our weird little studio loft thing. And there was just like these two people in it. And the guy was like, um, yeah, okay, so here's the script. You you play this barista or whatever. Just stand over there. And why don't you just uh, give me a take, you know? And I, I tried to do it. And I'm, I, I, at the time, at least, very bad actor. Uh, I'm just, I'm a comic. I play myself. So I bombed. I was, could not. I was like, how do I stand? What do I, what do I do with my arms when I talk, you know? And I was just like, um... Uh, yes sir your coffee or whatever but in order for the scam to work they, they needed like the the role the part that they play is him going that was pretty good <laughs> wow so why don't we move on with the process so he had to pretend like i was good even though i was bombing and he was like oh okay yeah that was really interesting so <laughs> The next step, and this was the scam, is in order to 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 do the audition officially, you need headshots. Do you have any? I didn't have any. And he was like, "Oh, well, so we have a photographer here that can do them. They're you know four hundred dollars or whatever." And I was like, "Oh, that's the scam! Is yeah. that you get me to come in here and pay four hundred dollars for you to take a fucking picture of me or whatever?" Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those things. But like, there are a bunch of things, and I've almost i've I have resisted, believe it or not, scams in the in the acting world that are like that, where they position themselves as just enough like an agency uh, to where it's like a thing you have to audition for. And it, it seems like an agency. And then when, when it comes down to it, they ask for money. And I've always been in the point where it's like, I can't afford to, to do that. But if you are trying to be an actor, you need headshots. And in a lot of cases you have to pay for headshots. So it's like, how different is that from doing the actual like legitimate thing you're trying to pursue, you know? True. It, it's yeah. The real thing is also a scam. Right. Right. <laughs> Capitalism's a scam. That's, um, that's, it's funny because I, uh, right after I fell for the, for the scam, um, was also around the time a few months later that I, I placed in a, a screenwriting, competition for the first time and i i called my parents and i was like hey, i just finally got you know a quarter finalist in a screenplay writing competition and my parents were like okay are you sure it's a real competition <laughs> how do you know it's not a scam anders and my mom was like looking it up he's like i don't see this on wikipedia i don't know if it's real um but the truth is like it's not that you there are competitions and things like that that do lead to work and it's like better than nothing um but you can sink a lot of money into that shit and have it go nowhere uh so at the end of the day yeah what's the real this is all just cope for me yet again <laughs> but uh capitalism's a big grift as we all know it truly is there it is we finally got to the point every episode it's always about capitalism baby all right um well anyway uh how do i segue here speaking of pop tarts uh <laughs> one of our friends got popped speaking of speaking of scams the legal system is a scam yes, it really you know what that's actually a speaking great- of usher fascism is being ushered in okay go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but no the legal system is a great example because when i hear a lot of the story and this is probably what made me more susceptible to this is hearing all the stories about 
not even just leftists, but a, a lot of people in this country having to deal with our Kafka-esque legal system, it didn't seem, I guess, that weird to me, the elaborate shit that was being told to me <laughs> over the phone because I'm, I mean, <laughs> I am an idiot again, but still like it is, it's not that different from, from shit that, you know, people describing a lot of their travails with the justice system of America, it can sound fake. It sounds made up a lot because it is so ludicrous and ridiculous. The, the, what, what our system of justice stoops to a lot of the time. And, and we have a, a great and unfortunate uh, example today to share with our listeners absolutely we are now going to talk to uh, uh activist organizer uh cool guy i met recently friend of mine um jeremy white who is facing a Not trial the bear, by the way we should i've been that. holding back making that joke this entire recording <laughs> we do not have jeremy allen white from the bear it's he's not drinking out of a core container he's not jacked and has willy wonka hair it's a different guy <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so we're gonna talk to jeremy white who is uh gonna tell us about his uh urgent plea for help and funding in uh, his case against uh, a pretty bad situation. He's an anti-fascist who is being targeted by fucking neo-Nazis and shit. It's uh, it's real. Never forget that shit's still out there. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's talk to Jeremy. Okay, we are now joined by Jeremy White, a uh, an organizer, an activist, and trained street medic. Jeremy, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to glad to be here. Glad you could be here as well, uh, uh, and uh, glad that you're uh, out walking around in the free world with us. Um, yeah, for the time being. <laughs> yeah, fucking A, man. Uh, I've been reading about what's happening and what you're being threatened with, and it's real fucking scary, so... Uh, fucking hope things work out. All right. Hopefully we can dig into it here and maybe get some eyeballs on you. Um, so I guess start at the beginning. What, what happened that is the cause everything that's happening right now? Why are you, (laughs) why are you having to fucking go to court? What is the inciting event here? So, um, it's, it's, Crazy story. And we went uh, three days after the the insurrection attempt in D.C. There was uh, a group of people in San Diego comprised of, you know, like your run of the mill Trump supporters, but then also Proud Boys and American Guard. Uh, American Guard is like a like a fully recognized white supremacist hate group, um, Uh neo-Nazis. They were planning on having their own, you know, insurrection-esque stop the steal uh planned violent kind of rally uh, in san diego at pacific beach and is, is that a thing where there's supposed to be a bunch of other j6s around that time that like yeah i mean it, quite... there, was a, there was a j6 here in downtown la um a, a group of trump supporters jumped a, a black woman named berlinda nebo uh jumped her Grabbed, ripped her, ripped her wig off, um, hit her in the face, sprayed her. Like it was, it was horrible. And the cops were just letting it happen. There was this, this, uh, LA police chief, Captain Rick Stabile, that was like, you know, he was exposed for being all over the right wing Twitter, like egging them on during the insurrection and stuff. And he was the guy who was in charge on, on J6 downtown. So, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I've witnessed personally a lot of 
violent white supremacist right wing actions that are just seemingly greenlit by the police. They just, they just let it happen. They usually have their backs to them because they don't fear them. And um, yeah, I feel like that was like something that was just reported on more during Trump, but because Biden's president, like liberals yeah. just kind of went like, Oh, it's who cares. It's like, it's like the border thing. You're like, well, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Like anything. Yeah. It's uh they go back to sleep. They go back to brunch. It's just a four year brunch. Um. So anyway, yeah. So the one that, that you were working as a street medic at was, uh, was where uh, it was Pacific beach, San Diego. Okay. Um, I was, I was asked to go there as a medic because medics are kind of tragically in short supply at, at any action. Um, I have some good friends who are street medics. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a very yeah, important you've heard, thing for the stories. And it's like, uh, there's not a day that I go that I've gone out there, um, as a medic that I, that I haven't had to treat somebody for something. So, um, on the, on the very least of days, it's like, you know, giving somebody something for hypoglycemia or like a rolled ankle, but you know, we've I've had to glue together lacerations and, you know, major contusions and stuff, treat countless instances of like pepper, pepper spray and bear mace and shit like that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. So you're working as a street medic and then what happened? Yeah, we go down there. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a crazy day. Like most protests there was, um, a lot of uh, heightened emotions and uh, and words being tossed back and forth, but you know the the intention of the leftist going there was just to to counter protest the right wingers and and protect against possible assaults that they would do. I mean, they not only are they known for just assaulting people at random walking around, but they actually did it that day. So you know, we we got through the day. There was uh, there were some scuffles that happened with people that showed up with like knives. Like this guy had a six inch Bowie knife on his hip. Um, people with like vests and weapons visible. And so some scuffles happened. The cops broke it up. Um, I treated several people that day. I even treated one person who was like, I don't know if he was a Trump supporter or just neutral, but he, he got caught in the middle of something and I broke it up. I got everyone away. I pulled him out and I helped him like treated him, gave him a cold pack and got him out of the way of things. And then we go home um, you know, seemingly like, like normal, just protest event. And then about 11 months later at four 30 in the morning, uh, my home was raided by something like 30 police, a mix of San Diego PD, LAPD and LA sheriffs. And I mean, they had full on AR 15s pointed at my chest when I was wearing a bathrobe opening my door. God damn for yeah. fucking street medicking it was yeah it was fucking scary and apparently you know they they think um i'm like some kind of ringleader or like i think they literally think i'm like george soros's uh (laughs) antifa clone nephew or some shit i don't know it's weird yeah they have like a fucking cork board at the place with a bunch of yarn leading up to you like your scarface or something exactly so yeah, no, we got raided. I had roommates. We were all pulled outside. We're all like, are you sure you have the right house? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we play Settlers of Catan. And we, you know, like, what's, what's um, so I finally, as they're, as they're dragging me inside and, and showing me the search warrant, I hear San Diego. And that's the first I realized that, oh, this is for that event, which was just like one among many events where we went and counter protested these guys. And 
And do you live in in San Diego? Probably? No, no, I'm in I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, so yeah, wow. this was like a crazy. This was millions of dollars, like a joint task force between three different departments. They raided twelve activist homes simultaneously with with equal levels of force. So, Jesus. you know, thirty cops times twelve all over the city, and I'm hearing them as they're hauling me down to San Diego to to go to jail. Um, you know, I'm hearing these cops talk about the overtime that they're racking up. And it's just, it's crazy. Like I, I told them as they were putting me in the car, like we could have healthcare, but we have this instead. Wow. Yeah. Real. That is like, when you think about the dollar amount that that cost, it's like, it's like how they like in New York, they spent so much more money to like pester people about jumping turnstiles than was lost to yep. massive right. misappropriation of funds. Yep. Um, I guess I was reading through your story here a little bit, and the thing that seems extra egregious about this to me is that uh, they didn't arrest the white supremacists or the American Guard or anything, yeah? Nope. Yeah, no arrests were made that day, and I, I guess what happened was... Uh, so Summer Stephen, the, um, the DA in San Diego, she is an unabashed right-wing, you know, Trump-supporting, anti-Antifa person. Um, you know, right. she's in the, in the early court proceedings, she was quoting Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram in court. Um, and she didn't press charges on anyone. There's nobody arrested that day. Everybody went home. There was one kid detained. Uh, I think he was underage. He came with a, a loaded BB gun and fired it at somebody and they detained him and then let him go. <laughs> and he ended up being a witness in the case. Jesus. Uh, so what happened was one of the right wingers, the guy that had the six inch Bowie knife, who's an American guard member, a neo-Nazi, he complained to the DA that, you know, he was jumped and he wants justice. So a Nazi went to the DA and demanded a case be built. And that's where all this came from. And it's like, I mean, they're charging us with conspiracy, but I think the real conspiracy is, is the DA's case with these white supremacists um, totally. going after just, just leftists. Um, and I, and I'm yeah. curious. So, uh, Sandy, I've not been to San Diego, but I understand that is the a more conservative part of, of Southern California. But who, yeah. what were the other departments involved in this? Was was LAPD involved? Or oh yeah, LAPD and LA sheriffs. Um, okay, I mean, they were all in my home. I, I like I can still smell them sometimes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and, and was this because you know I we've talked about the LA sheriffs <laughs> department on the show before? Obviously, a lot of a lot of goons uh, involved there. But is is there been um, local uh, outcry in in Los Angeles. People upset that um, that public resources would be utilized in this way. Yeah, I mean it's it was uh, at a very kind of fractured time in in leftist organizing that this happened, and it really was much smaller of an outcry that it that I feel it should have been. You know, mm -hmm. like there the, the cop city stuff is getting national recognition in, as it needs to. Um, yeah. You know, they, they straight up murdered Tortuguita. Um, and then the, there's the new case with Eden, Alex and Amarado, the, the justice eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's like a, a pattern of these cases where they're trying to criminalize leftist, leftist organizing and protesting this one kind of, it's, it's tragic that it, it didn't get the national headlines it, it needed and deserved right away. And unfortunately, a lot of the people that were co-defendants have pled out already. And there's people serving years in prison over over what the judge himself has described as like a barroom brawl. 
at, at worst, you know? Yeah. Um, but I got, I got really lucky. I had, uh, this amazing lawyer, Curtis Briggs come into my corner, um, and saved me from just like a very uninvolved, uninterested public defender that I had on my case. Um, he was just trying to get me to take seven years in prison oh, for wow. just showing up as a medic. And God damn. Really hard. Yes. But this guy's come in, he's doing the case pro bono. He's incredible. Um, he's, he's really lined up some amazing defense and, and just been a bulldog about it, which is exactly what it needs. Yeah. Cause they're trying to pin you with like felony assault. What's going on there? Yeah. So they've got me on, it was originally five charges, which were crazy, like all felonies. And then they did a grand jury, uh, indictment, which actually came back with three less charges. So I it ended up sifting down to felony assault and felony conspiracy to riot. The, their felony assault charge is based on me allegedly pointing at a guy. And then subsequently he gets jumped by a couple leftists. Here's a couple things. I'm not from the area. I don't know anyone down there. I just came to be a medic. You know, there was a couple people there that I was familiar with, but you know, not really close with, but I wasn't in charge of anything. I don't, I don't point and people do shit. You know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. They're trying to paint a picture that you're like some kind of like a high ranking Lieutenant in the Antifa super soldier army. And you're like that one over there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, that's a, that's a, a constant at, at protests. I'll notice police will always, sometimes there'll be marshals, right. Who are assigned to inter- have to interact with the police, which is a shitty job. And the police always just assume they're in charge of the entire thing. It's like, who's yeah. and they, they're always like, who's in charge, who's in charge and continually have to be, well, well, nobody, that's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. I've done that before. I did it at like standing rock protests in LA where, you know, they take the intersection and I'd be the, the police liaison or whatever. And you're just like, Look, man, I I don't run the the show here. I'm just here helping facilitate. You just basically stall, stall, stall as much as you can, and just mm-hmm. give them bullshit until the group gets what they need, and then you move on. It's just that kind of game. But yeah, it's it's tough. Um, they definitely they definitely had me pegged as the ringleader. Um, I heard the words from them themselves. Uh, in, Did in just like arbitrarily pick like the tallest guy or something. Well, I mean, I had <laughs> like so in 2019. I've been I've been doing this for a while. I've been an activist for some time. Um, I I walked away from my my career as a filmmaker in 2016 to try to get Bernie elected and then shifted to Black Lives Matter and then Standing Rock and it was just always something to be done. So I just did it for for like five years. Um, I'm no stranger to the the political and activist climate, but in, in 2019, something really massive happened. I was at a town hall, normal town hall protest with BLM in Torrance, California, and they decided to clear the room with batons. And I had my back broken, um, by, I don't know how many cops, you know, we we were never allowed to even know (laughs) who permanently disfigured us, but, um, yeah, I had my back broken and, and a comrade of mine had his his finger, like the end of his finger, just removed, gone God by, by batons. So I was out there in gear. Like I had a bulletproof vest and I had a helmet on and I had, you know, protective gear on to keep me safe because I, even at a town hall, I have experienced extreme violence from the police. So Okay, I see. You know, they there there's a reason why they would think that I was a ringleader, but it's literally just optics. On you know, 
know? that kind of happened to me in 2020 during the George Floyd uprising, which is that I was on a bike. And so I was wearing a bicycle helmet at one point and I got knocked off a bike and my bike got sucked into a swarm of cops. So I lost the bike. But I, then I was walking around with a helmet on. Uh-huh. And I think because I was wearing a helmet, they without the bike in context, they were like, oh, this guy came here to like throw down, right? And yeah. then that's why I got fucking tackled by cops. Looks like helmets aren't always the safest option. <laughs> you still yeah. should wear one. I mean, Please. it's it's uh it's crazy. It's that it's that really fucked up dichotomy of wanting to keep yourself safe, but then it also draws attention, but then you're gonna be shot anyway. Like I was out there in in the early George Floyd protests just you know, low key, just out there observing and trying to help with my experience in the field, you know, keep people safe and, and treat people if I could, if they got hurt, they were firing from six feet away at people wearing flip-flops and board shorts. Like they don't care. They're they'll, they'll take out your eye. They'll, they shoot for your genitals. Like I wore a cup because they, I've been shot so many times in the crotch, uh, by pepper balls, rubber bullets, you know, it's just like, that's also why they targeted you. They were like, this guy is, must be important. He's trying to protect his genitals. Yeah. <laughs> the, the George Soros bloodline must live on. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen the video of me pointing. And in the video, there's like a pop from a from like either a tear gas or a smoke grenade that the right wingers threw. And I'm pointing to an alley because I wanted to get people out of there because they were in direct conflict with what was going on. I was just pointing at like an escape route. So like, that's my assault charge. And the conspiracy charge is, you know, just based on me being there and being like, they think that Antifa is like an organized organization. And it's just, God, if if I could explain to them how disorganized (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah the, the reality that we live in is that you're the fucking judge in your case is could very well be like a QAnon facebook idiot you know i don't think he is i, I think he's pretty level-headed to to you know just to be honest i think it's um you know we have a a very good chance going to trial of him hearing the truth and i i'm really okay that's the case he's he's been pretty cool like he was the one who's like when we were when we were still going through, when I still had the public defender, he was like, "This just sounds like a barroom brawl. Why are we here? Why are we here? Like nine oh, months later? now, it's been two years. That's good. Okay, I was worried about the judge, but it's the DA. Sorry, the DA is the one that has. Yeah, the DA ties. is. Um, you know, she's her her biggest donor is the father of a guy who was just massively implicated in the J six insurrection stuff. Like, I I forget his name. I'll try and uh, I'll look it up while we're on the call, but. Yeah, like she's she's very intricately tied into far right white supremacist um, groups and individuals in San Diego, and like it's it's no wonder that she has the political views that she has, and it's no wonder that she's bringing this case with the fervor that she has while not prosecuting a single these Nazi guys. They jumped somebody who's like an unhoused guy with no shoes on. Because he was wearing a t-shirt. He like just was in the neighborhood and was close to the protest. And while they were leaving, they jumped him and his femme friend that he was with in an alleyway and beat them so hard that they even bragged afterwards that they made the girl piss herself. Jesus Christ. And that's on video. And the video is in the hands of the DA. She knows damn well what they did. She knows who they are. She has refused prosecution on these guys in the past, even when the sheriffs in San Diego recommended prosecution for like a violent crime that one of these guys did, 
she let him go and then he made a campaign contribution to her right so that's how the other side's being treated meanwhile you as a medic you're being charged with i'm sorry this is a very cool thing to be charged with conspiracy to commit a riot uh (laughs) what i what is even the 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 theory there that you uh were conspiring yet failed to turn this into some sort of massive destruction of property i mean they really really want to create precedent and go after leftist protesters and organizers they want and and if they did any digging on me right like i i was anonymous during the the george floyd stuff because i'm very well aware of doxing i'm well from the police and from the right and from people in the left who are shitheads anyway but like it happens so i just wanted to protect my identity because i was very very publicly an organizer in los angeles and nationally i was at standing rock flint ferguson meeting the family and and cory bush um in 2017 like i I was at the dnc I've, i've been all over the country doing humanitarian aid. Like I went to Houston after hurricane Harvey twice to bring aid and, and connect with people and find oh, out what's going on there. I'm from Houston. Thank, thank yeah, you. Dude, yeah. We went to the bottoms in Beaumont because there was no aid going out there and bet. fucking, yeah. It's like connected with like, like recorded stories of people that were there and how they'd been just ignored for two weeks. Like, so yeah, I've, I've done a lot of public stuff and, and I felt the need to like, not just protect myself physically, but protect my identity because it's not hard to find me, you know, like you can, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a really a Bernie supporter anymore, especially with what he's been doing recently. But, uh, it's funny if you, if you Googled the Bernie bro, I'm still the first fucking picture that pops up. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I when, when uh, when the Bloomberg campaign did, a like a smash cut of evil Bernie bro, Twitter accounts. I was in that. It was a badge of honor. <laughs> <Badge of> <laughs> Yeah, I totally get you. And also, I mean, as a fucking comic, I'm like, I have to deal with the same thing. Like, the, the there's a extreme limit to anonymity at some point in all of this, unless yep. that's specifically the tack you're taking. So I totally get it, man. Um, so let's talk about the case a little bit. Uh, it says, out of 11 activists arrested, you're one of only three that are still fighting the biased charges. Are, what happened? Everybody else got got bullied into plea deals. Did anyone yep. get off? Most nobody's nobody got off yet. This is the three of us are going to trial. I believe all of us are going to trial. Um, trial is set for March 18th, so it's it's real soon. It's like a month away. Yeah, um, yeah. No, everybody pled out, and you know, I'm not going to speak on the particulars of their personal cases, um, but. You know, it's it's sad that most of most of us at one point were with public defenders. None of us could afford a lawyer, um, and some of the public defenders were a little better. Uh, one of one of the guys um, got connected to John Hamazaki, who's amazing. He's like, I think he's running for DA in San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's what he's doing. He's an amazing, amazing lawyer. Um, and then my guy Curtis Briggs, they're they're incredible. So it's just it's so late in the game. Like we could have been building a defense a year and a half, two years ago. And it's, he's been doing everything he can with my limited funds too. You know, I work in the film industry and I, I got back into my career last year um, just so I could support myself. You know, I, I, my heart is still in activism. I do whatever I can and make a lot of graphics for, for different leftist things, but I've got to, I've got to buckle down and work. And then the fucking writers and actors strike hit. And yeah, right. Along. <laughs> 
Dude, um, a while ago we were hanging out and you were telling me about a, a horror film you worked on. I can't remember if you were there after that, but we, we watched it. Uh, oh, bitch ass. Yeah, bitch ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, we watched it after the fact. It was fucking great. And I could tell, like, I was like, you know, there's a. A, a, a house in an inner city at one point that they're in and there's like one three one two spray painted on the wall oh, yes! <laughs> I, like, I bet i know who did that yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so yeah. fucking cool man um yeah, dude i'm so glad you caught that that's awesome yeah i love that <laughs> that movie if anyone's a, a movie buff and loves like independent horror this is like an all-black 90s indie horror called bitch ass it's about a serial killer who who uses like board games to kill people so. <laughs> yeah it's like a, a black saw kind of situation yeah yeah, it yeah. Was very cool man i'm sure my fucking spooky goth fans will like that and they'll check out bitch ass Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so th- that's what happened you're on trial trials coming up fucking DA's a shithead. Uh, this is very potentially dangerous, bad situation. Um, uh, what do you like? Wh- wh- it's, what are we raising money for here? There's a GoFundMe, right? Okay, um, yeah. Is it so legal GoFundMe, fees and stuff like that? Yeah, legal legal fees are are part of it. Like Curtis is doing this pro bono, but when when we're at trial, it's like a three to five week trial, I think. And he lives up in the Bay Area and I live in Los Angeles and we have to basically live in San Diego for that time. So we've got to raise funds for housing um, of, of some sort. It doesn't have to be fancy. Like I'm not trying to go into a fucking five star hotel. Um, and then I have to cover I have to cover my rent while I'm gone because I can't work like I'm. I'm barely getting by. The holidays were really tough. Last year was really tough. I'm like still behind on personal bills and shit, but I'm working enough to just like keep up. But as soon as I have to stop working, that's I'm going to be buried. So I'm trying to raise funds to help cover that as well and just keep it minimal. I know, you know, I hate asking for help. I've, you know, I, I like, no, you should. I think that something doesn't get talked about enough with situations like this is how just the very, process of being accused of something wrecks your life because right. you're legally required to uh to reorganize everything it, it it's completely yeah. it doesn't matter to them that you have a job and a life and you don't live in the city that they're fucking suing you and stuff yeah and that's no part it's of crazy the- and i like i had to ca- i had to gather um character reference letters this last this last couple weeks and like several of them were from my crew that I work with that, that I, I hire, but really they were just like part of this amazing team in the art department. And like, I don't know, it was really, it's, it's fucked up and scary to think about how many people rely on me too. And when I'm either in trial or, or fucking God forbid, like have to go to jail for this shit or prison, like there's a lot of people that are going to be, you know, left, left hurting in some way. So that kind of fucking bums me out too. Yeah, it seems like part of their strategy here is to, even if they can't get people sentenced to at least get, ruin their lives economically. Um, yeah. Oh, I've had to go to San Diego so many times for, for court proceedings or, or like I'm at work and I have to like leave for an hour and a half to go do a, a court Zoom call. Jeez. Like it's it's constant. It's It's been two years of, of just hell and, and I, I can't say no. I have to, whenever they say show up, I have to show up, you know, it's or you get a warrant. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been rough. Um, 
so yeah, we have what we did was we put together. I put together this like graphic design package telling about the case and with the with a fundraising slide. We did really well on on Venmo. Um, I did like short term Venmo, long term GoFundMe. So the Venmo did really well. I'm not really pushing that anymore. Um, but the GoFundMe is kind of struggling. We've only got a few hundred bucks in there. So we're, we're trying to push that. Um, I'll make sure to get you the link and everything. And I'm going to do a new graphic with just that rather than both. Um, if anybody wants to share it on socials, but yeah, that's, that would be huge. It's it. It's the, the goal right now is 10,000. Um, that'll get me through trial with my bills. That'll get Curtis through trial and myself with living expenses and food and things like that. While we're, while we're there. And uh, hopefully be able to pay a little bit. I've taken you know loans from people that have that have been helping to to hit like court court cost milestones that have come up. So trying to trying to pay people back as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll put the GoFundMe in the show notes. That's generally the method here and uh, podcasting, and people can go there and uh, hopefully be able to throw something in and help out because this is uh, it's really fucked up, man. This. <laughs> the uh, just being accused of this is enough to to even if oh, you yeah. get off it's like a huge fucking problem financially yeah. i mean like the, the original five charges were like one of them it was like calling me an animal abuser because this guy tried to attack me with his dog on the boardwalk like this right winger and so there's an article in the, the fucking la times with my name and animal abuser that i can't do shit about i can never get that wiped i can't like sue them it yeah. sucks, dude. It's God. it's like life ruining shit. That yeah, God damn. And it's, it, and it's okay. Like you, you know, dude. Part of this part of this work that we do as as leftists and and frontline people is like taking the hit. In in my opinion, you know, like I'm I'm a white man. I'm I'm glad that it's me rather than yet another person of color. You know, like and and the whole fucking trial was was mostly people of color. We have a, a trans defendant that had, that pled out, and it's fucking heartbreaking. Um, yeah damn man but yeah no it's uh it is <laughs> it is what it is but i i really appreciate moments of of solidarity like this i, I really appreciate the support um my partner tracy has been incredible she, you know she helps set this whole thing up and um i'd honestly just be fucking lost without the help that i'm getting so thank thank you everybody no we appreciate what you're doing out there on the ground man as well sorry yeah. we're gonna say Anders. Well, I was just going to ask. So, like the you mentioned, the judge is is at least somewhat reasonable. Pardon my ignorance about the the legal system. Is this this is a jury trial, right? Yeah, it will be a jury trial. Yeah, so okay. we have to pick the jury, and uh, you know, my lawyer's not super concerned about that part because there hmm. are enough level headed people in San Diego. Like, it's not it's not like fully right wing. It's it's right wing dominant, but there's enough people there that I, I think we'll see this as like just selective persecution, you know? Right. Um, and if, if this, you know, God willing, um, you, you get off, which we're, we're all cheering for, are you going to pursue, uh, charges of your own or a lawsuit against the, the authorities <sighs> involved in this? I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know if I should speak on that. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've talked to my lawyer about it, but we've not decided anything. So, I mean, it's, I want all my stuff back. They stole like over $5,000 worth of stuff, including laptops and phones and cameras, GoPros, like every electronic device in my house they took. Um, they took a bunch of gear. They took medic gear. You know, that's that's one thing that I'd love back. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, for the for the meantime, I'm just focused short term on like I, I would really love them to drop the charges because we have a really strong case, but it seems like with only four weeks out, that's not going to happen. So we're we're gearing up for a trial. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, well. Good luck, man. Um, thank you for coming and telling your story and illuminating this because, uh, yeah, hasn't hasn't been uh, hasn't been as much under the spotlight as of late because of uh, I don't know all various factors. But um, yeah, it's important to know this shit is still going on. And like, I've known so many people who have like, you know, been very benignly involved in a thing like this that it is important to go out and, and take part in and then the the real fucker of it is that it turns into years of legal entanglement and stuff and yeah. uh, I, I don't know what to do about it other than just fucking call for help right now and in, in the here and now yeah yeah um, no it's i mean it's we got to have solidarity in these times because it's not getting better. You know, we're, we're seeing these things heighten. There were just new charges against cop city protesters. Um, you know, the justice eight here in LA, there were eight activists who do like street vendor defense that were arrested and like conspiracy charges. So I want to draw a light on those as well. And, and, and call for solidarity on the left that, you know, it's, we're going to need to build systems of community, uh, defense and and uplifting that that protect and support each other in in the times ahead and uh this is just one of them you know we're gonna we're gonna be catching charges and we, we need to yeah i think that uh the legal system is something that like people need to talk about a little bit more on the left maybe there, there needs to be some kind of organizing around and uh because like i was just reading there today like young thugs lawyer is being like indicted for it's it's one of those situations that like shouldn't happen where you can just arrest a lawyer for defending someone. I'm probably like, out of my depth in the details of this case, but I just I heard about this. Oh, I saw that. And they're trying to. They're, yeah, no, I, I I saw a little bit of this. Yep. Well, it reminded me of what happened with uh that fucking uh that Holzinger guy, the guy who put on house arrest for for being a lawyer and yep. defending someone against you know, Exxon, right? Or or yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. And that I think, you know, is symptomatic or it's it it shows you something. It's it's an inkling of a really dark facet of incoming fascism, which is that like, you know, Trump like did a lot of horrible stuff. But one of his most permanent damaging things was that he appointed a lot of fucking judges and it created a very far right wing skew in the legal system and uh we find ourselves fucking you know just caught in it like a web sometimes this is it's a real problem so yeah uh, absolutely um in the long term we got to figure out how to make this just a fucking safer situation in the short term we got to fucking help out guys like jeremy so yeah if if anyone out there is listening and wants to to do a more like permanent uh donation kind of thing to help look, look up your local jail, jail support you know there's there's somebody in in your city or close to you that's doing jail support for arrested activists and that's a really as someone who's been arrested multiple times doing activism for for charges that were always dropped it's really, really helpful for some of these bail situations where people get stuck on on bullshit charges. So that's another way to help. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming and telling your story. Uh, everyone hit up that GoFundMe and uh, solidarity.
Cool. Thank you guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, for sure. Later. Later.